Absolutely. We say it's automate, delegate, and eliminate, and then that will help you accelerate because if you are doing $10 an hour tasks, you know, it's hard in this day and age of inflation, nobody really does a $10 an hour task anymore. It's 16 bucks at McDonald's, but the $10 an hour tasks are, are you know, running around to, you know, the office stores and doing copies or sending out stuff via UPS, you know, doing that on your own. But that's, you know, that's not what you were put here on this earth to do, but that's also not what you should be doing to grow your business. You need to be delegating that work to somebody. In this day and age of the gig economy, you can find somebody to go and run errands for you. You can get meal delivery. You can get all these sorts of things that will buy back your time. Because then every hour that you buy back, even if you spend 20 hour, hours to get that time, you can spend that selling, which should be $100 an hour or more tasks. So the arbitrage is in your favor. Hey, this is a quick shout out from one of our awesome sponsors. Check this out. Thank you to Tracy down at Tranquil Turn Massage in downtown Coeur d'Alene. Look, my wife and I, we see Tracy and her team every single month for a couple's massage, and it is the best thing. Tracy is a master massage specialist and a Hanu Ashiatsu trainer. You need to reach out to Tracy and her team. Make sure that you tell them that I sent you, and you'll get 25 bucks off your next massage. Also, while you're there, check out CDA Brows, Body, and Ink. Make sure to tell Tracy that I sent you, and you'll save 100 bucks on your next tattoo brows and plasma tightening services. Craig, you're a husband, you're a father, entrepreneur, you're an author of a few books, The Perfect Day Formula, Perfect Week Formula, Unstoppable. You've built seven-figure businesses in five different industries. You've helped over 260 entrepreneurs hit that seven-figure mark, and you're considered the world's most disciplined man. Thank you for your time, man. I appreciate it. This is going to be a lot of fun here. Uh, dude, I'd like to kick things off by going back a bit. You grew up on a farm in Ontario. Like, What was childhood like for you, man? What was that like, did you say? Uh, yeah, what, what, what was childhood like for you? Oh, childhood. Yeah. So, you know, I grew up um, thinking I was going to be a strength and conditioning coach in the National Hockey League is okay. what I wanted to be originally. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you grow up in Canada, you play hockey and drink beer or you drink beer, then you play hockey. It doesn't really matter which way you do it, but you're always going to do that. So that was the you know, sort of indoctrination. I had. And then I, you know, I started working on my, uh, off the farm when I was 12 years old, my first job, you know, making $2 and 85 cents an hour you know, doing manual labor. And I realized I didn't want to do that. So eventually I went to college and I, I started, um, started my own website in 1998. I saw a few other websites out there and I thought I can do this. And so that was, you know, right around when I was uh, becoming a personal trainer and I started writing about fitness and that was the first step in my journey. Come on, man. That's awesome. I think as entrepreneurs, yeah. we all go through these like sort of breaking points that kind of changes the trajectory of our life and our career there. What was that breaking point for you? And, and how did you get through that? You know, I had an anxiety attack around 2006. I was, I was transitioning from being a personal trainer to running my online business full time. And I was in the best shape of my life, you know, six pack abs, all this sort of stuff, making more money than I ever you know, um, actually more money than I thought I would ever make when I was in college and I was doing really, really great, but I, I just had all these, um, <clears throat> I guess issues you'd say, you know, I was very introverted. I drank uh, binge drank on the weekends and didn't have any outlets that were healthy, I suppose. And because of that, everything just kind of bottled up inside of me. And I had two anxiety attacks over the course of six months that sent me to the emergency room. But then once I was able to figure out that there was no physical issues and I tried all these breathing techniques and I kind of learned a few things about how to calm myself down, then I was able to flip the switch there and kick that stuff to the curb and then had a really great run in the fitness industry for the next decade. Wow. 
man. And you talk about like, you know, you're drinking as that and you kind of break away, breaking away from that habit there. Uh, I love that you talked on your website kind of about your greatest mentors are dogs, which is so cool. I love this. Like how have your dogs been your greatest mentors and, and how is Daisy doing? Well, Daisy's doing all right. She, you know, I live down in Cancun. It's a little hot for her down here, but we're going to get her back to, uh, back to either Canada or uh, probably Pacific Northwest sometime soon. But nice. I would say that, you know, being able to have the dog taught me a lot about patience, which I didn't have a lot of when I was younger. Um, it gave me, uh, more time walking and I don't walk with a podcast in my ears or anything. And I just have a lot of time to think. So I did yeah. a lot of walking, a lot of self-reflection, introspection. And so the dog wasn't necessarily mentoring me other than, you know, just about unconditional love. And that was really, really great. Anybody that has a dog, you know, you know what that's like. And so it's really just wonderful that a dog can love so much. And that kind of made me a more positive person. And then it gave me more time to think. And then also taught me the patience because you know, dogs certainly test you out. So in a way, without saying a word um, and without barking too much, my first dog was a chocolate lab. Bally dog taught me a lot. And then my, my second dog, a yellow lab named Daisy, she teaches me a lot too. So that's why I mentioned on the website that dogs are really great mentors. They're so good. And they're just, you know, dogs are, they they have this unconditional love and patience for people. And I've had several labs over my life and, and they're just wonderful dogs, man. I want to yeah, transition really over are. to these 260 plus entrepreneurs that you've helped kind of hit that seven figure mark. What is it that yeah. these entrepreneurs are doing that others are not? Well, they're not giving up. And that's, that's a cliche that, you know, you just have to not give up and you need to be persistent. Um, but, it, but it is a truth too, because I've seen people kind of struggle along for two years, three years, sometimes five or even seven years. And then all of a sudden they're, the skill set that they've built up over time has really paid off. And what they, what they have to do is they have to solve a problem and they have to be able to communicate that their solution is different and effective and is proven to work. And when they're able to do that, whether it's through video or writing or whatever else it is, that's when the business starts to take off. But for a lot of people, they have to persist to get there. And, you know, I just know that, most of the entrepreneurs that I've worked with come from kind of humble beginnings. They've got the work ethic. They just need the direction because a lot of folks will go and grind really hard. But if they don't know exactly what to do or even have a, a clear blueprint, then, you know, you can work hard on the wrong stuff and you won't get further ahead. Just like, you know, someone from California can go swimming in the ocean, uh, towards Japan to get to New York, but it's going to be the wrong way of doing things. So you got to, you know, you got to take your work ethic and combine it with the right blueprint to get to the right spot. In life. Mm. And, and when you get these entrepreneurs, I, I think what you, I, I think I'd read that you kind of put them through this billionaire time matrix and an ADE formula, mm -hmm. which kind of helps them, you know, work less, double their income there, which is amazing. But like, can you deep dive into that matrix and the ADE formula you talk about? Yeah, absolutely. We say it's automate, delegate, and eliminate, and then that will help you accelerate. Because if you are doing $10 an hour tasks, you know, it's hard in this day and age of inflation, nobody really does a $10 an hour task anymore. It's 16 bucks at McDonald's, but the $10 an hour tasks are, are you know, running around to, you know, the office stores and doing copies or sending out stuff via UPS, you know, doing that on your own. But that's, you know, that's not what you were put here on this earth to do, but that's also not what you should be doing to grow your business. You need to be 
delegating that work to somebody. In this day and age of the gig economy, you can find somebody to go and run errands for you. You can get meal delivery. You can get all these sorts of things that will buy back your time. Because then every hour that you buy back, even if you spend 20 hour, hours to get that time, you can spend that selling, which should be $100 an hour or more tasks. So the arbitrage is in your favor. That's one of the things that I teach all, be, all entrepreneurs and doesn't matter what level they're at. It's very, very common for even very successful people to be sucked back into doing those $10 an hour tasks. I have a client, um, she, you know, she came to me a few months ago. She, she, she makes $12 million a year in her business. And she was updating her own website just simply because she didn't have a tech person or she just thought, you know, no, it'll be faster for me to do it. But, you know, it bled away her time. And you know, she has kids coming into her office. You know, we'd be on coaching calls and her daughter would come into her office and say, mommy, can we go for a bike ride? And she couldn't go for a bike ride with her child because she's going to be working till six o'clock at night until we fix her schedule. So what good is it to make it $12 million in a year if you cannot go for a bike ride? And that's right. the the mindset that we have to get every entrepreneur into the right, that right, you know, activity, because most people start businesses so that they have a generous income. Some people start businesses to change the world and, and to do this, that, or the other thing, or become billionaires. There's very few people that are seriously starting a business to do that. They start a business because they like what they do. They see an opportunity. They don't want to be their own boss and they want to have time and financial freedom. But then they get caught up in these golden handcuffs of doing everything. They put everything on their back, they suffer in silence. And until you learn to automate, delegate, and eliminate stuff, then you will forever be, you know, just kind of grinding away at, at a highly paid job. Because most entrepreneurs cannot stop to step away from their work for two weeks, let alone four weeks or longer. And so what that means is if you can't step away from your business and have it, have it make money, is you don't really have a business you have a job and we paid job in many cases, but much like a lawyer who has a highly paid job, you need to work to make money. And so the automation is through tools, especially in this day and age of simple AI tools. There's a lot of stuff out there that can take over some of your work. It can write emails for you. Um, you can use email services that will automate some of the work for you. You can use Calendly, which will automate your calendar. You can do all of these things that you shouldn't be doing manually. And then the delegation is that you either have people on your team who are there who can already do the work that you're doing and you need to delegate to them. You need to teach them how to do it. You need to monitor how they do it. You need to help them improve how they do it. Or you can go to something like Upwork and find guns all over the world who are willing to update your website or, or whatever else it is, even bookkeeping and stuff like that. And then the elimination is you're doing a lot of things in your life and in your business that if you simply stop doing, your business would not suffer. And in fact, your business would get better because now you'd have more time to do the higher dollar per hour tasks. So we help people automate, delegate, and eliminate and get rid of their distractions. And then they can accelerate the results. Man, that's so good. And I know I struggle in a lot of those areas because I feel like, oh man, I can't go have someone update my website or I can't have someone do this because I'm this perfectionist, right? And then there's areas where I'm like, oh yeah, I want to yeah. pay someone to go do that and get it off my plate. But I'm, I feel like I'm in that employee, like stuck at that job, sort of doing middle things and I got to just let it go. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, is I am, um, I'm blessed to be selectively lazy. And so I will, I can work 10 hours a day on a high income task but I will not do low dollar an hour stuff. I just simply will not do it. I don't want to do it. And because I'm selectively lazy, I've never learned how to 
edit a video. I've never learned how to edit a podcast. I've never learned how to update a website because I don't like those things and I didn't yeah. learn them and therefore I can't do them. So sometimes what people do is they go and learn these things and then they think it's easier for them to just do it themselves, but that stops them from doing the selling. Some people use it as a perverse form of procrastination where they think they're scared to go out and do the selling because of the rejection that comes with it. And so instead they hide behind the busy work. Not, I'm not saying that's what you're doing because you just, you know, you can do it. So you go do it and you know yeah. that it's going, well, it's going to take me 30 minutes to teach somebody how to do it. I can do it in 10 minutes. But if you add that up and you know, it's every week, well, it simply soon crosses the line and yeah. you need to be more selectively lazy. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> so good. I'll, I'll, real quick in this book, man, uh, in your book, Perfect Day Formula, you talk about seven steps to build habits of steel, man. And this was such a great yeah. chapter. Uh, you don't have to go over all of them, but of the seven, like which one or two should people like use as their starting point to really get going? Well, I think if, if you want to build a habit of steel, it means you probably have habits that you don't like right now. And so you have to identify what that habit is. And, you, and I like to say you have to build a circuit breaker, right? So like I was talking to my wife the other day and I was just using the example that if somebody smokes cigarettes and I used to work at a factory when I was in college. So I, you know, at, at uh, you know, I started seven and by at nine, 10, I think was the first break and people were automatically out having a cigarette. Now imagine that, you know, Tony, the factory worker wants to quit having cigarettes. So Tony says, okay, I'm just going to stop. Now, what Tony has is a black hole. He has a void in his behavior, in his nervous system, right? So the last 20 years of his life, at 9, 10 in the morning, every single day, Tony and his nervous system has been walk out the door, strike up a dart, and stand there. It doesn't matter if it's rain, slow, uh, snow, sleet, or hail, or sunshine, he's going to have a cigarette. Yeah. Now, he stops one day, but his nervous system is still going to go into that same place. He's going to put himself in the same environment, and so he's going to foster that old bad habit unless he fills the void of the bad habit with a new habit, a good habit. So he may then, you know, say, well, I'm going to chew some gum and, and drink some water. So he might go, instead of going outside to the smoke area, he might go over where his coat is or, you know, locker is and, you know, drink something. Maybe it's a soda, maybe, you know, any, anything's better than a cigarette probably. And so he has a soda or he has some water and he chews some gum. And that's his new habit that replaces the old habit. And so you got to have that circuit breaker in there. And then what you need to do is you simply need to build a plan and stick to that plan and have accountability. And accountability is really the key to changing anything in life. And the, and the more you can have accountability to somebody you deeply do not want to disappoint in life, the stronger you will stick to your new habits because you don't want to let that person down. Mm. Yeah, man, I love that. And I think having that accountability is such a huge piece in my growth as an entrepreneur over the last three years where I really started to dial in on things that I needed to focus on and filter out and mm -hmm. so good. One of the things that you talk about in your other book though, is, is this 10, three, two, one, zero formula, which it's really perfecting that sleep sort of cycle. And I think a lot of people struggle with that sleep. I know I have for sure, but what exactly is that, that 10, three, two, one, zero formula you have? Yeah, man. I mean, that was a formula that really, really helped me out. And so it's very simple. It's 10 hours before bed. You got to stop all caffeine because caffeine stays in your bloodstream for at least that amount of time. And for me personally, you know, I get up very early in the morning and go to bed early at night. And so I stop all my caffeine intake at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and uh, okay. you know, so, you know, that's, that's more, uh, more than 12 hours before bed because I'm a little bit sensitive to caffeine, but it's 10 hours minimum. 
Now, mm-hmm. if my mom can drink a coffee and, uh, you know, seven o'clock at night and then sit and watch television until 11 o'clock and then go to bed. But there's not a lot of people like that. And I don't know how well she sleeps. So if you want gotcha. to have a great sleep, stop your caffeine as early as possible during the day. And then also understand that so many of the things that you that you drink from teas to decaf to Coke Zeros to, you know, the energy drinks that are out there, a lot of them have caffeine in them. And a lot of them have more caffeine in them than you possibly think. So just make sure that you're not getting any sneaky caffeine into your bloodstream as well. Then the three is that you sh- about three hours before bed, you should stop all heavy meals and you should stop drinking alcohol. In fact, you shouldn't drink alcohol at all on a day that you want to get a good night's sleep. I quit drinking a couple of years ago because I, you know, I had one of those aura rings and you know, I had one drink one night about two hours before bed and I had worse sleep. And the next day I felt like I was, you know, 21 years old and I had just gone out uh, with uh, a fat boys the night before because alcohol really screws your sleep up. Now it helps some people fall asleep, but you do not get into deep sleep. And so you have very poor sleep and you wake up the next day, very groggy. So Mm -hmm. making sure that you cut out alcohol at least three hours before bed, preferably just do not have alcohol, especially on a day that you want to have a great sleep. Then two hours before bed, stop all your work. One hour before bed, have a reverse alarm that goes off. And at that time, you shut down all your electronics, your phone, your laptop, your television, everything. Because, you know, first of all, the blue light from the electronics uh, stimulates you. And then also, it's always the last time you check Facebook or your email that you get that message that just, you know, fires you up. And it's like, oh, I got to go watch yeah. this thing about Trump. You know, no matter which side you're on uh, totally. about Trump, it's always the last message that you see is about Trump uh, right before bed. Now, if you do that five minutes before bed, you're not going to fall asleep very well. Right. But at least if you stop at an hour before bed, you have an hour to do what I call old school activities and really calm yourself down through meditation or having a bath or talking with your spouse or talking to your kids or reading your kids a book or reading a book for yourself or just chilling out, right? And then that way, you also get to bed on time because if you're on your electronics or you're watching television, you're onto your 10th episode of a Netflix show, then all of a sudden you realize you're 30 minutes past bedtime. And I used to do this all the time when I was about 25. And I was a personal trainer at like six in the morning. So I was getting up at 4.30 to work on my online business for 20 minutes before I'd have a shower and then catch the bus to downtown Toronto and, you know, walk really fast to the gym and, and get there right when my CEO clients wanted to start training at, you know, five to six in the morning. And, and every night I'd be at home and it'd be like 10.30, 11 o'clock and be, oh my gosh, I got to get to bed. I'm going to be so tired tomorrow morning. And then the next morning I'd wake up, I'm going to bed at like seven o'clock tonight. And then sure enough, that night, 10 30, 11 o'clock. Oh my God, I got it. And it's just this cycle that you get into if you mm-hmm. don't have systems in place. So that's the one of the 10, 3, 2, 1, 0 formula. And then finally, the zero is actually the next morning. And that's the number of times you're allowed to hit snooze because when you hit snooze, you're just wasting your life. You're losing, as they say, you snooze, you lose. You're telling your hopes and dreams that they can wait. And also, you're not getting any quality sleep. So you're not actually improving your energy or your performance. So you need to make sure that you don't hit the snooze button in the morning. And you shouldn't because you should be pumped up and want to attack the day. Oh yeah. 
Come on now. Dude. I, I love like morning routines, especially after reading your books. Like I've really tailored my morning routine to, to make sure that I'm waking up just fired up. And immediately for me, like first thing that goes to my head is, man, thank you God for another day to see and hug and hold my family. And then I jump out of bed and I'm making my bed and I'm like, all right, now we're time to ready to rock and roll. I come upstairs and spend some time in prayer and things like that. And it really kind of sets the tone for the day. But for you, what's that morning routine look like for you? I get up. And I sneak out of my bedroom and then I come downstairs and I turn the air conditioning off over the dog in the kitchen. And then I drink water and I pray for a bit and then I get to work. And that's all. Mm-hmm. In, in that so, so I yeah. just planned out the night before and that's it. That's the entire morning routine. You know, get up and go to work. And that's yeah. what, how I was raised on the farm. And it's just easier and to, to get the work done first thing in the morning and then you can go and do whatever you want. Like, you know, okay. So I worked out at one o'clock today, I had a massage at, uh, as well, but that was after I got all the work done. Yeah, man. Love that. Uh, now I saw you're going to be speaking at Bedros event here in September. Yeah. It looks like just an amazing event there. I can't wait for this, but like, what's this event about? Like what, what are people, what can people expect at this event? That's a good question. I don't know. It's not my event. It's about Bedros, <laughs> but, uh, but I know I will be speaking and, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, he advertised it. I just saw the average, uh, the page for it. it says, you know, to go from your 1.0 self to your 2.0 self. And, you know, he certainly helped me do that. And, if anybody's read his book, you know, on page 54, he mentioned me and how I helped him with the discipline and stuff like that. And yeah. what I will actually be talking about is how to get exactly what you want in life through using some mindset tools and some writer downer exercises that you can get the clarity that you can accelerate and time collapse your results. And I like to say the successful of speed and successful of speed and clarity. And when you have those two things in place, you can get exactly what you want in the exact time frame that you plan it out. Um, because it helps you avoid the things that you're not supposed to do. And it helps you stay focused on the things that you are supposed to do. And that's how you get what you want. It's just plain and simple. So I'm going to dive deeper into that and really, really help. Man, it should be an amazing event. Bedros is such a great guy. And that lineup there is just huge there. Uh, A couple of fun questions to end the show here. Uh, What's your favorite part about being a dad? Oh man, new skills every day. So she, so our daughter is uh, 15 months old and she just learned how to give kisses. So man, that is just (laughs) unbelievable. Um, Yeah. She learned how to wave the other day and uh, clap and she dances, uh, you know, so every time like she'll be doing something, she'll be in the middle of doing something and you play, you know, one of her toys and a song comes on and it's like something takes over her body and she just starts dropping her knees. It's really funny because I don't yeah. think every baby does it, but you turn a song on and she just, she could be like drinking her bottle and petting the dog. And she all of a sudden just breaks into dancing. So, you know, it's just those, those neat little things that, um, yeah. you know, most, most people forget about. So precious moments, man. My, my daughter's 13, my son's 10 and, mm-hmm. and uh, man, that just flies by. But I remember those days, man, you turn it on. We always have music playing yeah. in our house too. So uh, just the uh, dancing and seeing them move around. It's so cool to see them grow there. Uh, last question is I'm a big music guy. So I've asked the question, like what type of music do you listen to? Do you have a favorite band or anything that you like to listen to? I, I listen to one thing over and over again on repeat and it is, um, a composer named Eric Satie, and he has something called Once Upon a Time in Paris, or it's like Gymnopedes or something. Okay. Um, that's all I listen to. I don't listen to any music with words. I, I basically I gave up music a long time ago, 
and all I do is listen to classical music while I work. I just wow. don't care anymore. That's awesome. Craig, you're an absolute world changer, man. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day, man. This is just golden. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for checking out the show today. I really appreciate it. I hope that my guest was able to bring you some amazing wisdom and knowledge to help you continue to fight for your goals, your dreams, and your purpose. If you could do me one big favor and just hit that subscribe button, I would so appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. Keep changing the world. I believe in you. Have an amazing day.